2: Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, episode 156. And we are doing a little different tonight. Ryan is out, Tyler and Monty are in, and we're going to have a party. Amanda's still here, so it'll be like a, um, you know, kind of a lame party, but a party nonetheless.
1: Wow. Just attacking me right out of the gate. Just sitting over here minding my own business. (laughs)
2: Listen, I mean, it is what it is. I call a spade a spade. I keep it real. We do that on this show.
1: You're just boring. I'm keeping it real.
2: Yeah, you're just boring. You're a little vanilla. I can accept that. It's yeah, true. It's fine. You're safe. You're a home. That was
1: cool once. You'll feel yeah. that way when you're in your 40s, too. You
2: you fill a role for this podcast and you do it well, but you know, it, it's your role.
1: Oh so. I had a backhanded compliment. Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah. Tyler and Monty are here. We're gonna just kind of riff on the Nats. Uh, like having them on, uh, kind of get to catch up on some things going around baseball. I mean, it, it's rare you catch Monty not writing seven articles a day, so I was surprised he had time to do this. Uh, and we're probably still gonna get another seven articles tomorrow. But uh, Monty, how you doing? I'm I'm good. My my bonus just uh,
3: just went in for my eighth podcast appearance of the season. So check that one off the box. Uh, feels pretty good.
2: Well yeah for for those that didn't see we signed Monty to a contract extension and uh you know he, he he's going to play it off like he he strong armed us but uh yeah, it was it was pretty easy we just threatened to uh not have him on the podcast and, and <laughs> change the password to the website and you know he folded like Well see my like go-to Kyle joke <laughs> in the night good- I was going to say my, my go-to joke was Patrick Corbin in the first inning but then of course Patrick Corbin throws a gem tonight so Patrick Corbin is literally you know the, the worst thing ever ever in, in, in every scenario even, even when knows. I yeah. like you know can <laughs> fo- can ride the wave like by the time I'm actually on the wave he completely changes the tide and it's whatever we'll, we'll talk about Patch Corbin later because that whole situation is uh, really developing beyond just the performance on the field but obviously the performance on the field is the immediate concern at least up until tonight uh, but Tyler how are you doing You know, just living in the moment, as always. I expected some dumbass thing where it's like, oh, uh, you know, life's like a sandwich no matter what. (laughs) You know, I did not have one of those queued up tonight. Did he just call
1: you a dumbass in his very introduction? I said, Uh, he calls me boring, tells you you're a dumbass. I'm just saying, Nick's Nick's spicy tonight.
3: I got off
2: easy. (laughs) Well, Well, I'm angry because Christian McCaffrey got hurt. And that's like my bread and butter in uh, my big time money league. So mm-hmm. I mean, and Ryan's
1: not here, which always makes you so upset.
2: Right. Yeah. I feel like I have to step up for Ryan. I mean, not that anyone can, many have tried, many have failed, Um, but it does, you know, kind of put me on edge because I feel like uh, I'm, I'm missing something. So I just kind of riff and blabber until I find it, but I never do. I'm profound. You. Yeah. it's <laughs> deep. Ryan. You like that? <laughs> Blabber. Blabber. Um, but yeah, well, speaking of tonight, we kind of just give our thoughts on the game because it's not over yet. We're recording this uh, just There's before. two outs
1: in the bottom of the night.
2: Yeah, just before 10 o'clock. So, you know, any, anyone who's been watching games recently knows these adventures with your late inning Nats are just that. They are quite the adventure. It was a 3-0 lead going into the ninth. It is currently 3-2. Finnegan's Finnegan's still on the mound, right? He didn't get replaced. He is. Yeah. <clears throat> but he's already given up two runs, guy on first. So we'll see. I w- I would imagine we we get a resolution one way or another by the time we're done recording, but crazier things have happened. Um, but the craziest thing that's happened this week is the Nats won a series. It's the first time since uh, early August, since the Blue Jays series, that they have won a series, and they did so on the backs of their pitching. Monty wrote a great article about it this this morning. Um, I mean, Josh Rogers, out of nowhere. Um, right. Josiah Gray finally gets his first win. And uh, um, who's the third pitcher in that series, Monty?
3: Eric Fetty. That's he, what uh, I thought. Yeah.
2: yeah. And he was – he was fine. That was the game we lost. So yeah, that, that's a to be expected. But again, you know, this but that was, was the game
1: we lost because of the yumps.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to blame the yumps when the Nats are just you know as bad as they, they typically are. But as far as Josiah Gray and Josh Rogers go, that, that's what you expect from this team. We win on the back of our pitching. Finally, you know, we get Josiah Gray a long overdue win. He's had some rocky starts, but he's deserved a couple of wins throughout his, his time here. Um, and it was good to see that finally come to fruition for him. Uh, Josh Rogers has been uh, a pleasant surprise and kind of like a bright spot an otherwise gloomy second half of the season, uh, performance wise for a lot of these guys. Uh, and obviously the, the Euro step, uh, which has garnered a lot of attention. Um, so much so that, uh, the, the best tweet I saw was, um, an NFL reporter saying is the NFL really going to let the MLB get ahead of them in taunting. And (laughs) that was pretty funny, but uh, what did you guys think? Oh, look, the Nats won. Hey, look at that.
1: Like we're we're
2: on a winning streak. Look at that! That's three in a row. Three
1: in three a row. It's happened before.
2: No, we need the <laughs> generational tank. Yeah, <clears throat> like I was happy with winning a series because Josiah Gray finally got his first win, but you know we have a job to do. Yeah, that's that's an acceptable win. <laughs> we have a at job to point, do. At this point,
1: though, I mean, are they really going to change draft position? I literally... trace draft pick position. Yes, yes. Not? yes. yes. The, Ma-
3: the Marlins, I think, are currently right around tied with us for that fifth pick. They're like it, one it can game change a lot. Us.
2: I believe people said that last year too. They were like, Oh, I'd rather, you know, beat the, the beat the sillies. <laughs> I called them the sillies, beat the Phillies. Uh... <laughs> <It's>
1: silly. <laughs> uh, Paging be... Dr. Freud.
2: <laughs> I understood that reference. Um, <laughs> I'd rather beat the Phillies than, you know, tank for a draft spot, even though the Phillies weren't making the playoffs anyways. And yeah, I would it, not it changed us them. from, from, you know, I think it was six to where'd we draft? Eleven or 12. 11th 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 and it, you know worked out Brady House fell but at the same time you'd rather be in the control of your own destiny as opposed to hoping a guy falls and with the Nats you know decimated farm system at least pre pre-deadline what it was you know you like I said you want to be in control of your own destiny so the, these games do matter I understand people don't like losing you know feels like to to some people, embrace the tank is, is a dirty phrase. You, you so, can't say that, but it, these games do matter. Um, so I just checked it, and
3: the nat- with a win, the Nationals are now just a half game ahead of the Marlins for that
2: fifth pick. So we need to change that and lose the next two games. Absolutely, get back to losing two or three. It was it was the perfect medium. We talked about it. You know, got to
1: win every once in a while to bolster our spirits, right? You yeah. win
2: one game, so that way. Uh, one game in a three-game series, so that way your morale doesn't get too low, um, and you d- also don't go on a losing streak, and you don't get swept, but you don't win so much that it affects your draft position. And it worked well; they did it for over a month. It was awesome. But now it's like they they've won two games, and suddenly they think they're a good team. Like no, and I'm not. Do that. everything. And the and the fourth pick is out of reach pretty much at this point. It's uh, we're five. Yeah, uh, you're playing game. for we're... fits.
3: Yeah, we're six games back. We were we were doing really well before this three game winning streak of possibly uh, catching the Pirates, but that's not going to happen now.
2: So who's after the Marlins?
3: Uh, the Cubs, and we are three and a half up on them.
2: Okay, so I mean, if we fall from five to six, then it wouldn't matter as much. But obviously, like I said, you would rather have a higher draft. Yeah, um, Cubs and the, Twins. Twins have one, they
3: have the same record.
2: Gotcha. Um, so the one thing I brought up last episode and and it is like a little early to to talk about draft and going over slot or under slot or whatever uh that all plays out much later on the draft isn't going to be till june so like i said it it is very early but it is worth noting the marlins did have to go over slot this year because um i believe was it khalil watson it was one of the shortstops fell to the they got khalil watson yeah at 16 and he was supposed to go like top five top six so in order to sign him, they had to pay overslot, so more than the 16th pick was projected to get is what overslot means to sign him. So the fact that they spent more than they were planning to this or this past year makes me think they might be a, a contender to go underslot next year, which would have a guy fall. But again, you'd rather have the fifth pick than than the sixth pick if you do get to decide your own fate in that regard. But that's that's you know way down the line what did you guys think of the marlin series there was actually a lot of storylines which we don't get with every series usually it's you know the Nats managed to, to scrape a win probably could have had a second but they definitely weren't the better team in the series this is kind of the opposite where they were the better team throughout the whole series so what were your guys thoughts uh in takeaways monty you've been writing about this for you know it seems like three weeks so what did you think of the series
3: it was it was good. I mean, I saw a lot of good things. Like you said, yeah, there was a lot of storylines. Obviously we've got Juan Soto's uh, beginning to this road trip. Uh, I think I mentioned right before we started recording um, he is 16 of 20 in, uh on plate, uh, getting on base versus plate appearance, which is an 800 OP or OBP. Um, and that extended into tonight, obviously. And then uh, how about uh Kibit Ruiz? He was fa- he was fantastic in that series. He went five for ten with five I RBIs. Kibert, Yeah. Kibert, Kber. K bear.
1: I believe it's K Bear.
3: K bear. I'm just reading a lot of this and I've heard a lot of different uh, pronunciations. So I just completely just went out and made my own. I
1: thought it was <laughs> I, you're the only one I've, I've heard always, of Kieber, I, 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 That's what I that's was saying.
2: I, I thought, thought it was Kybear. it K- K- bear They've
1: been saying K-Bear on the broadcast. Yeah, so they they've, been K- K- bear? K- bear? they've been saying K-Bear? They've been saying K-Bear.
0: Well, anyway, Mr. Ruiz,
1: we'll just call him Mr. Even
2: Ruiz. Even though he's younger than all of us. Yeah. But uh, he, yeah, he went
3: five for 10 with five RBIs, only struck out once and in, in two games, um, he didn't have any extra base hits. We did see that tonight. He had a double um, and he's showing us some stuff and that's really fun. Things
1: you uh, love to see.
3: How about Luis Garcia uh, in the three games, six for 14, two doubles, a home run, a massive home run uh and three rbis so he's coming along he's got his uh he's hitting 333 uh since i started doing the ratings he's 10 for 30 just uh you know coincidence you know uh and yes. then i really want to talk about uh tanner rainey our bullpen has been trash, but tanner rainey is back he's come back uh he, he's had four appearances uh two of them in that marlin series And he was perfect until tonight. I think he had a walk tonight, but he still did his job. No runs. He only had that one walk, but uh, throwing a lot of strikes, having a good command. And if he is back to where he was last season, going forward into 2022, that is a major benefit to our bullpen next season. Would yeah. you say closer of the future, Tanner Rainey? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I th- I'm curious to see how many people have moved that label to Mason Thompson now. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a new guy every three weeks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it I was think Finnegan is never a closer. He's not yeah. good. <laughs>
0: well, there's
1: nobody else left in the bullpen to be the closer of the future. So I guess so the future is now and it's rainy.
3: Yeah, Surprise, it's me. But yeah, our offense, our offense is, our lineup's doing really well. I mean, Lane Thomas continues to just rake extra base Mm -hmm. hits. And then Alcides Escobar quietly, just consistently getting on base in front of Soto so that you can't really walk Soto too much. Um, I mean, they still are walking him a ton, but not as much as they probably could um, because Alcides Escobar is in that series went six for 14. Um, in three games, so it's hard to walk soda when you've got the guy on base in front of him, and, and you know, especially if Lane Thomas is getting in front of both of them. So, a lot of good storylines from the lineup, not so much from the bullpen. And then, of course, we discussed the starting pitching with uh Josh Rogers and Josiah Gray. It was just, it was, it was a fun series to watch. And and you know, not many teams that are 63 and 89. Uh, well 64 and 89 now can you say that you know yeah. it's it's can they you can say be, it's
1: much fun to watch yes yeah,
3: it's I feel like they're pretty fun to watch even though they're they're not great <laughs> they're not getting you know they're not winning
1: not great is a very generous description yeah. and uh, yeah the bats really showed up in the series it was a lot of fun to watch and um yeah juan Soto is I mean we're gonna talk about him in more depth shortly but he is just doing He's doing things that just people just don't do. And that's incredibly fun to watch regardless of what's going on with the rest of the team. Um, yeah. A few good pitching performances and some very bad ones, but um, yeah, overall, I think one of the more fun series to watch than maybe the most fun there's been to watch since the trade deadline, the uh, new guys really doing it.
2: Yeah. I can't remember who it was, Monty or Tyler, before we started recording, like the Nats of. Have- been a little bit more fun to watch than we give them credit for Mm -hmm. um and and i think that's uh, in order for that to be the case you kind of have to see the silver lining in in this part of the season you have to be okay with the trade trade deadline like a lot of things have to you know there's a lot of prerequisites Mm -hmm. for you to find the silver linings in uh the series and the games that have been playing lately but you know for us it seems like uh, you know, there have been a lot of bright spots or things we can kind of hang our hat on. Um, there's a lot more in this series. And obviously we saw the results with uh, two or three wins and almost a sweep, which is bad for the tank, but again, good for, for morale and whatnot. Uh, with Alcides' uh, score, like at first I was the, of the mindset that it made no sense to hit him second. You know, it, it made more sense at least to me for Someone like Garcia or Kibum to get the benefit of hitting in front of Soto, getting pitches to hit, and hopefully, you know, clicking something offensively for them. But at the same time, if you want to look at the flip side, the fact that Elsiedes Escobar is still getting on bases, still providing production, yeah, he's not ever going to be a two hitter for a legitimate contender. But just for those young guys in particular, they get more at bats with runners on base than they would, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise. Like if uh, like Keeboom, I think could benefit the most in hitting in front of Soto. Um, like if Keeboom was hitting second, while well, Lane Thomas has been great, like his on-base percentage isn't all that high. And, you know, if you go back or, well, to the bottom of the lineup, one before Lane Thomas, it, it's the pitcher spot. So Keeboom wouldn't be getting a lot of uh, at-bats or runners on scoring position. So he might not get the full benefit uh, of hitting in front of Soto. You kind of need a more established hitter in front of Soto um, at least currently that obviously could change as these young guys get more seasoning and have more experience, but it, it's working out is the long winded way of what I'm trying to say. I, I think, you know, we're Garcia had a bomb the other night. So that, that's always nice to see because he wasn't exactly touted as a, a power guy. So anytime he hits a no doubt and he has that swag coming out of the box, just watching it off the bat it is fun to see. Keybooms in a in a in a rut, but every hitter goes through this at one point during the season. Whether it's excuse me at the beginning of the season or you know during the middle at the end, whatever. Uh, there was flashes there that still like gives me some sort of optimism going into next year, and I, I think he, you know, he's earned a shot to to at least have an extended tryout at the very least for next year. So uh, I'm fine with that. But the, yeah, these young guys, it, it is exciting. Like it's nice to see some of the fruits of our labor (laughs) where like we saw all of the household names get traded away for the most part. And now we're just replacing them with unproven guys. Not that they won't ever be good, but it it definitely was nerve wracking to see like these unproven guys come in and play the majority of the reps. But now we're finally getting to see most of them do well too. So that's good to see.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was talking about earlier, it's more fun to watch now because you're watching young guys try to figure it out at the major league level. And that's entertaining to see if they're actually, you know, having success. I mean, obviously they're all going to have some growing pains. You know, we saw Ruiz get off to a slow start. He's been tearing it up recently. Uh, saw Garcia get off to a slow start. He's been obviously tearing it up recently. Um, and then, you know, keep kind of the opposite, but it's more fun when you have these guys that you're kind of picking and choosing to see who's going to be part of the future and who isn't rather than, you know, watching a team that calls themselves a championship caliber contender, run out Jordy Mercer every day and lose. Like it's just more entertaining to watch. And then, you know, also just the having pressure-free baseball um, to watch and there's no expectations, you know, you win great, you lose, whatever. Um, You know, it's really just all about the individual performances and like, you know, they win or lose, doesn't matter. But like you see, like Ruiz went three for four. Garcia had a nice defensive play. Um, had two hits. You know, that's all you're really looking for right now.
2: One thing I did want to mention, we again we talked about it before we started recording. We, we, we talked a lot before we started recording. We probably this, so I probably should have probably saved probably should have, it. For the podcast. Have, yeah, I should have recorded, but uh I did want to mention, and it is worth mentioning, uh, because you know, you do need to pay your respects whenever this happens. But Alex Avia's. Avila is retiring at the end of the year so I think uh what Davey and kind of the the mindset of the coaching staff maybe the front office is like he's had a long successful career I mean to to make it I think 13 years is his career in baseball isn't by accident like he's been you know, a, a solid ball player for a long time. And obviously he's been hurt this year. He started a game at second base for us this year. So, you know, he, he, it's not like <laughs> it's we easy to could, forget that one right. what so, season it's been. Yeah. So it's not like you can say he, he wasn't at least willing to, you know, play, well, play for us, but, you know, I mean, you know, step up when needed and when, when called upon and whatnot. So I think we're seeing him play over, you know, uh, Mr. Wee's. And, and Riley Adams, uh, because, uh, you know, we, we want to kind of give him sort of a send off, even though he's not a household guy, at least for the Nats.
1: And I do uh, to go back a little bit on what you were saying, Tyler, about, and you know, enjoying watching the young guys play for what it is and, and not worrying so much about the outcomes. I feel like there's a large part of this fan base that kind of checked out when they did the sell-off at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have a hard time maybe enjoying watching what we're seeing right now because they're losing mostly. I mean, we keep joking about how they drop two out of every three and you know, it's hard to take. Nobody likes to see their team lose, but there's so much exciting stuff happening that I hope that people, probably people who like the Nats enough to listen to this podcast are still watching, (laughs) but I hope that some of the people who, you know, have, have maybe stopped paying attention or feel like this, you know, the season's not worth watching anymore because of the the deadline sell off. They, uh, they take some time to get to know these new guys and and see what's going on because there's some really promising stuff that we're seeing and, uh, there's some really bad stuff too, but that's part of the process of letting all these young players work it out at the big league level. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I, I don't think the future is going to be next year necessarily, but, um, I do think there's some really exciting stuff going on more exciting maybe than we've seen in a long time, even with the household names, because they were, you know, older established players, but there was, there was zero depth. The minute anybody got hurt, the team was in huge trouble. And, and uh, if we can build that depth up and we're seeing what those guys look like, I think it's awesome. And there's still a lot of fun baseball to watch for the Nats. And there's of course, tons of chaos going on in the, in the uh, you know, for the teams that are actually going to be in the postseason. And I am, I'm here for it. Bring me all the postseason chaos since we're not in it.
3: It's, it's funny you mention that because I actually tell people all the time one of my favorite Nats teams of all time was the 2009 Nats team and they won 59 games. <laughs> like <laughs> I had a blast watching uh, Adam Dunn Ryan Zimmerman and Josh Willingham hit tanks. They got Nijel Morgan, I think, at the trade deadline that year. I remember the, that. Yeah, it, they were awful. They were they,
2: that. They had the, uh, Pudge Rodriguez around that time. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: And uh, so, and it's funny because I think that's the that's the year that that clinched us uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the 2018 team clinched us uh, Steven Strasburg 2009. But like, there's something really relaxing to me about watching um, low expectation baseball.
2: Mm-hmm. It's you almost know, like it's pressure free.
3: Yeah, it's it's Almost just like so it. chill. You can turn it on, watch it, and not not get irritated or anything. You're just right. kind of like just laugh a little bit when the blow pen when the blow pen. <laughs> <laughs> <There> might be <laughs> a new name.
1: Actually, the perfect description.
3: The bullpen blows it. Um,
2: Freudian slip. You
1: know. <laughs> yeah, Freud should just be on this podcast with us tonight.
2: I yeah, know. I, I'm sure he would have some uh, pretty sane takes. <laughs> yeah,
0: if he was alive.
1: It's the joke,
2: Tyler. (laughs) Jesus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you're right about what the the terrible teams, you know, are the ones that you can look back on in the in the future and look back at them and be like, man, that was actually kind of fun. And uh, this is definitely, I think, going to be one of those teams. It's just, it's a weird year because you came into the year with like World Series aspirations, and you go out of the year thinking like, hey, maybe we can get the fourth pick in the draft.
2: Well, the, you know, ball, you know, this team was not sniffing the World Series. No, but well, I mean, one person here, one person here picked them to win the division in the World Series. So
3: I put I put money on them to win the division. Well, but, but that's just a waste <laughs> of money. I hope
1: it wasn't a lot of money.
3: <laughs> I it was not.
0: <laughs> okay, well,
1: that's good anyway. We're glad. Yeah, but, I was. I would ask you to dredge up everybody's uh, predictions to win the division, but I don't know what kind of slander you might use against me if I ask you to look things up again. I, I was up, ruthlessly attacked on Twitter last time we were recording when I engaged Monty.
2: I looked up our um, so we we did this World Series draft. I don't know if you guys remember where it was like all eight of us and we all chose two teams. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yes, not. I remember. I looked that up earlier. I don't remember what
1: we picked, but
2: I, I have it right here, and this is good radio um all right so ryan had first pick he ended up with the dodgers and the red sox which i've seen the dodgers were as big of a lock as you get but even the red sox went good tyler had second pick he went yankees and brewers also very good um and then i had third pick i had braves and cardinals which i don't remember picking the braves third overall but i did so but they're probably both gonna make the playoffs so i'm set did, and then you, say
3: Bra- did you say braves and cardinals
2: yeah no, no, no. So this isn't like a World Series prediction. Oh, gotcha. This I, was a draft where we each picked that's teams right. okay. to, to win. But then there's Monty. <laughs> what do <laughs> I do? Monty went Nats and Angels.
3: Oh, <laughs> so, wow. So what,
1: what,
3: it, what?
2: it's just like consistent across the board. Like you you have to give Monty credit where where credit's due. Like he, he's uh consistent, but consistently wrong. But consistent, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, but we always ask for bold takes. I, I, I call that a bold take. I
2: don't remember. I don't remember this.
1: I don't remember what I picked, but I shudder to think. Um, all right, so
2: Monty and then Amanda, you went. Uh, One, oh, it's backwards. I didn't put the numbers down, so I'm like trying to look back. All right, so again, very good radio here. It looks like you went Mets, <laughs> Mets, and Blue Jays.
1: Oh, whoa! Ouch. <laughs> hey, in Blue my defense, the Mets looked decent for half the season.
2: I am impressed, though. I did share
3: this that uh, that Amanda did predict uh, that a team in the NL West would win a hundred games and still finish second.
1: But it was the Padres, I picked. Yeah, it, but <laughs> still, the fact
3: second. that you—I mean, the team was wrong, but the you know, the the the. Hundred games prediction is not bad. It's
2: still a bold take. It's not like it happens all that frequently. So my yeah. bold prediction. Partial credit.
3: For, my and bold then partial prediction. credit for
2: me for giving you partial credit. Oh, otherwise. okay. We'll yeah. My
3: it. bold prediction for general MLB was uh, Justin Verlander will not pitch this season and will never again pitch in a playoff game, and he's mm-hmm. not pitching this season.
2: Well, so. that's just your vendetta against personal- Justin <laughs> Verlander <Yeah. laughs> coming through. That's not like you're being bold. That's just like <laughs> what you want to see happen. If I if I said what I wanted to see happen I would have said Bryce Harper winning MVP which would probably be right. Oh, wait.
0: I forgot my bold prediction was Joe Ross finishes the season with the second best ERA in the rotation
2: yep which wow. I think Honestly? if we're being wait, technical I think think he might hold qualify up. maybe hold behind Powell folks because
0: uh, Joe my, Ross, oh, you can say on the active roster, I can't not, find him. I gotta but go Google you can him say like
2: minimums and minimum. Yeah, but if it was the second the best roster. ERA
1: on the roster and he's not on the roster, I don't know that that counts. It's
2: in the Nats rotation.
3: Yeah, it's said in the Nats rotation. I'm yeah, looking at in the rotation.
2: I don't know. If, if Joe Ross f- finishes he's with the second best ERA, I would give it to him.
0: He finished with a 4.17
2: ERA. And that's only going to be behind Paolo. Tyler gets credit for that. That, that's a win, in my opinion. He, how many Newell starts did he make? He he, he made like twelve, no, probably more than that. Probably he made close to twenty starts. Oh no! I looked over no, no, here. my bad. Yeah, I was bad. gonna say no, no. Shot. He made twenty starts. Yeah, so. 20.
3: okay. Um, Amanda, what, what, do you know what your bold prediction for the Nationals was? I do not remember. Oh, I'm I just reminded master. you the other day, it was Patrick Corbin is going to throw a no-hitter this season.
1: Oh, yeah, I did say that, didn't I?
3: But but I'll, I'll bail you out here because my bold prediction was worse. I said the Nationals will win the division and get within one game of the World Series and Victor Robles will be hitting, this is a typo, it should have been 370, but I said 470 <laughs> all, by the All-Star break.
1: Huh. All, all right. right. Yours it was, was
3: not. <laughs> I love that I put a typo there. Somebody pointed out the typo and I said, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I don't even right. think
2: 170 <laughs> yeah Robles' BABIP wasn't even that high
3: no but I, I, I meant to put I, I don't I feel like maybe 270 and I somehow put four and <laughs> and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna ride with it and be super optimistic because again it's a this very is,
1: bold prediction this was
3: before opening day so I'm sitting there I'm like you know what I am riding high the mats are gonna be good I was Robles tripped-
2: even yeah. hitting that high after opening day
0: I don't think he ever hit no, I and think they put him gotcha. in the leadoff spot for like five games. He sucked, and, he, and they moved him eighth. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he ever reached two seventy.
2: So yeah, <laughs> I, that that was the point I was trying to make. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, don't worry, I got you.
2: But it, it's always fun to reflect and whatnot. But one thing I, I did definitely did call my shot on, whether it's written down or just in the uh, audio files that you guys listen to, I called I called Josh Bell. I call Josh Bell. I'm, I'm well, always, I'm always gonna, you yeah. know. Well,
3: so your bold prediction for the Nationals was Jackson Rutledge pitches over 100 innings for the Nats this year.
2: Yeah, I try to go real bold with that. Yeah,
3: and the Nats' most valuable player will be Josh Bell, but I don't think that'll be technically correct.
2: Not technically correct. <laughs> no, but it,
3: but y- y- I mean, I'll give <laughs> On you credit. The he's so their don't most don't valuable player that's actually planet. human. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll give you credit.
2: I appreciate that. Yeah, I've been on the Josh Bell train. So there you go. Like that—that that was preseason or before opening day. Like uh, like Monty just said, I've been on the Josh Bell train before anyone. I stuck with Josh Bell through Toxic Jack, through all this uh, you know, crap <laughs> you see on Twitter. I've been on uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I never. I'm just saying. I'm I'm trying to 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 prove to everyone that you know I, I wasn't a fair weather Josh Bell stand.
3: <laughs> Joe Ross and Josh Bell. That's what Nick does.
2: Love that. Love that. Um, but we talked about him, and while Josh Bell probably won't be the Nats MVP or the league MVP, Juan Soto might. Well, he definitely is the Nats MVP, but he might be the league MVP. We talked about it a lot recently. It, it's been a lot of Tatis versus Bryce, and rightfully so, uh, with those two teams still being in contention and the Nats very much not being. They were just officially eliminated, I think, a couple days ago. Um. Well, really, they are officially eliminated like, you know, six months ago. But uh, Juan Soto is, is doing things literally only Ted Williams has done before. And you always got that connection just because obviously of how young Ted Williams was when he came up and obviously how good he was when he was so young when he came up. So it was, a you know, easy comparison. But now Juan Soto is quite literally doing things that only Ted Williams has done so the comparisons are very very valid is there any shot that he kind of backdoors this mvp if uh, both the phillies and padres miss the playoffs which could happen neither of them are in a playoff spot right now so the you know the all the hypotheticals of oh well if the padres make it but the phillies don't if the phillies make it but the padres don't it looks like we still plenty of time but it looks like neither of them will, will so that kind of puts them all on the playing field. Like if you suck, you suck. You miss the playoffs. It doesn't matter what your record is. You miss the playoffs. So can Juan Soto backdoor this thing? Because he's been on fire. He had two home runs tonight. Uh, he's leading the league in batting average. Uh, he's like right leading there. both
1: leagues now, as
2: of I'm now. Like- I've,
3: I've got your stats here, If you if you want. Go
2: for it. Go for
3: it. All right. Oh, I just switched it up. Okay. You you said you had it right there, I got, and now you're making me too. If you want <laughs> on to. base percentage, leads leads uh, NL. This is before the game tonight, so so some of these might have actually I need gone updated. Out, but... I need the updated ones.
2: He had two home runs tonight, Monty. He's that's not part of the list.
3: <laughs> He's first in the NL and on base percentage, first yeah, in walks, is... first in average. First in average with runners in scoring position, second in OPS, second in F4, second in weighted on base, uh, and uh, second in WRC, Plus, and second in runs. He's also hit his 28th home run. Um, I've got. Well, he had two, two
2: tonight. Th- so shouldn't he be at 29? No, his second
3: was his uh, 28th. Uh, yeah, 27, uh, 27 and 28. And,
2: 28. And, 28. Gotcha. and then I've
3: got some more. I've got. Uh, so this is updated. After the second home run tonight, these are his updated September numbers. 473 it's it's september 23rd so the month is almost over there's only seven days left in the month he's hit 473 quick his, o, his obp is 608 he's hit seven home runs 12 extra base hits scored 18 runs and has 21 rbi
2: what's his ops
1: supernatural
3: it's not i didn't do the math myself i'm reading a tweet from uh dan colco what uh,
2: what's, what's his weighted runs created plus that's all i care about <sighs>
3: I don't know why you're doing that. Read the sabermetric, sabermetric Saber Saturday article. What's, what's his week. WOBA?
0: <laughs> Give us the WOBA, Monty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then here's the last tweet I'm going to read. Mark Zuckerman tweeted it an hour ago. Uh, Juan Soto has now reached base four times in 24 games this season. The only players ever to do it in more games in the season are Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, and Barry Bonds.
2: So, Just a, you know,
3: three Hall
1: of Famers you and you Barry Bonds. greatest list.
0: players of all time, basically. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. And he's now a batting average at 325 on the season, which is first in both leagues at this point. And his OPS is now a thousandth of a point higher on the season than Vladdy's. Although obviously he's got a better slugging percentage because he's hit more home runs. But
2: Does, well, is Bryce shul- still leading the league in in OPS? Or? Yeah, his OPS o-
0: is one thousand zero four nine. Soto's is 50, it Looks like. Yeah,
2: so it. I mean, we're we're getting close. That but. shoulder
0: injury,
3: uh, taking away a lot of his power in the first half, is is what's. Yeah, and his- think about
1: these numbers given the start to the season that yeah. he had.
3: I was like just if you thought, about let me pull
1: the splits on the second half of the season.
3: Like, yeah. You- but I did mention this before we recorded again, <laughs> we talked a bunch before we recorded, but um, if he doesn't have that shoulder injury, the Nats probably win a few more games before the all-star break and we potentially don't sell, Yeah. which I don't know. If, I don't know if that's the right move because I don't know if we would have won enough to be in a playoff spot. So we might've just, so it's in a way, it could be a, a silver lining that that shoulder injury, you know, kept the tank in place
2: do you remember all of the uh the panic in the what's the word oh, yeah. i'm looking for J- just about Hys- hysteria yeah yeah the hysteria, hysteria is the right oh, word. He oh hitting he's ground hitting balls. ground balls oh da, my da, god da, and then the people were like he
1: can't elevate the ball yeah he more. can't yeah.
2: elevate it. they're like oh he needs to do the home run derby not just because of the show but because he needs to fix his swing like juan soto isn't a professional and like constantly working on his swing like obviously, you know, hitting home runs helps, like, to elevate your swing or whatever, as the, the the derby does. But it's if Juan Soto wanted to elevate the ball more, like,
1: it's not like he doesn't make a concerted
2: effort. He, yeah, he, it's not like he doesn't know how. It's not <laughs> like he, he literally worked with Kevin Long, who's the Nats' current hitting coach, to elevate his swing for the home run derby. So, like, he could have done that at any any time. It is just funny how that kind of the timing up, worked out Yeah, with well, the that derby dovetails him going on the uh the run
1: into this i just pulled up the post all-star game splits and he's leading the league in, well it's the average since the all-star break um is the slash line here three seventy two five thirty eight six seventy eight which all by itself is insane ops since the all-star break one two one seven and by the way bryce harper's ops since the all-star break is one two two seven so one hundredth of a point better so that,
2: that, that's another yeah. thing that i brought up again pre-recording which i mean why
1: do we do
3: that
2: we, we keep saying that but we, we a really were good waiting discussion. we were waiting for you amanda <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> well i told you guys 9 30 i was ready at 9 30
2: everything's amanda's fault you guys will get get on on board <laughs> with that um but you know the, the reason i brought this up was can soto backdoor this the the biggest obstacle in his way in pursuit of that is Bryce Harper, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like the, the argument against Tatis is I think the, the number of games, the you know, production in those games is not what's hurting Tatis, obviously. It's just the the sample size, like Bryce and Soda are gonna have more games played than him. Mm-hmm. And if none of them make the, the playoffs, then you can't use that, right? Because right now, Tati, if the Padres make the um the wild card, excuse me, I feel like I'm about to sneeze. Uh, if the Padres make the wild card, it's going to be on the back of Tati. Same thing with Phillies making the wild card or possibly even the division. It's going to be on the back of Harper. So if neither of them do that, then you can't add that to their potential MVP resume. So it, it literally is just even playing field. And I think that's obviously the only way uh, Soto has a legitimate argument um, for uh, MVP, MVP. Over, those go- over those guys, like in a vacuum, like his numbers are MVP worthy numbers. It's not like we're just adding him in as a third nominee. Cause there has to be a third place finisher. Like he definitely deserves it. But again, you know, making the playoffs has to count for something in terms of MVP. That's, that's the name of the award. It's like the most valuable. Like if you take this guy out of the lineup, how different is this team, which that argument still is in play for the Nats. Cause if they're a 72-win you know, team at the end of the season, if you take out Soto, they're probably like a 62-win team. You know who, who knows what that would be? But again, it, it means more when you're uh, on the verge of making or missing the playoffs. Point being, that. Bryce is doing crazy things in the second half, just like Juan Soto. Soda. Juan Soto is getting a ton of attention and deservedly so. But Bryce Harper wasn't an MVP candidate in the first half and has made himself an MVP candidate in the second half and feel the way you want to feel about him. That's fine. That's I don't think anything I'm going to say or what anything we're going to say on this podcast is going to change your opinion. If you do or don't like Bryce, but he's doing things that, you know, haven't been done all that frequently and he's doing things Juan Soto is. So really, if it comes down to it, do you think it's Soto or Bryce?
1: I I think if Soto continues to do for the next, for the rest of the season, which is very short at this point, what he's been doing in the last month or so, I do think he can backdoor his way into it. I think he's been better than Bryce of late. And there is always some recency bias, I think, with the voters. Um, the the big wild card there, pun intended, is if one of these teams gets into the wild card game and making the playoffs, of course, as you pointed out, makes a difference in an MVP race. But if none of these teams are going to be in it, then... You know, if you look at, you just look at the stats right now, like Juan Soto is right up in the thick of all of it. And if you look at the post all-star splits, he's been the best player since the all-star he's been better than Bryce in the second half. And Bryce has been terrific, but I, I think Soto has a legitimate argument, especially if he can keep up what he's doing for the next couple of weeks.
3: If he keeps up what he's doing, he'll probably have close to an OBP at or over 500,
1: yeah, and I, I and
3: that's the only way I think he can he can steal it if he puts up if he's if he gets on base for the season average 50 right like that of the time.
2: extreme outlier where someone looks back at the season they're like how the hell did Juan Soto do that like yeah. he's gonna need one of those numbers yeah, yeah like, when, like yeah the- right
3: now. Yeah, so, you know, so if he's going on like he's doing now, which I don't know, he'd ha- I mean, again, he'd have to be going on at, a, at like an 800 clip like he's been doing on this road trip, which is which hard, hard almost impossible or to same,
1: Yeah.
2: But yeah, so I mean, the fact that he hit two home runs tonight, the Reds, you know, we still have what what's today? Thursday, so is it three more games against them? Three games.
3: So? We got nine games total, three
2: against the Reds. The the Reds are still, you know, it's not looking good for them, but they're still fighting for a playoff spot. So if pitching around Juan Soto helps that cause, which I would have tonight, if you take Juan Soto out of tonight's game, we lose two, nothing. But if you pitch around Juan Soto, which might be in the Reds interest, you know, it helps your game plan and in, in your pursuit for a playoff spot, but it also helps Juan Soto's cause is in terms of on base percentage. Cause I mean, a walk, a walk is, is gold. We in, also in have,
3: we also have three games in cores coming up. Ooh,
2: and, and it's not like the Rockies are going to pitch around him. Like what? I mean, yeah, the Rockies,
0: the Coors Rockies are good. Right. Yeah. yeah. But
1: you're right. about to bring up the walks, the walks are another reason that, I mean, the absurd number of walks that Soto's taking He's you know, walking more than he's striking out. It's, it's crazy. These numbers. And, and I think there are some outlier numbers, but I think you're right at this point, he's going to have to have some just eye popping numbers that, that the voters can't ignore.
3: I believe he has currently, uh, in, the, in a certain number of games I can't remember what the uh the total is but I think it's uh he has more home runs seven and it might be just this month seven home runs six strikeouts
2: yeah I think it was seven strikeouts uh but yeah I yeah yeah, yeah. I, I so so that's last that 30
1: days I'm looking here uh last 30 days he's had nine home runs and eight strikeouts
2: oh we have a stat off all right Monty your turn come up with a better stat. <laughs> I think she's got it. I think I'd uh you know. <laughs> oh, I also, saw this. Also 33 stat about walks. So oh, Tyler Tyler's, in Tyler's getting in it on the stat
0: off. <laughs> I found it earlier today. It's about his plate discipline. This is absurd. All right, try a high fastball to one oh. so he won't swing. 174 high fastballs, zero swings. Out of 174 high fastballs that were thrown close to the zone to him, he swung at none of them. And And one
1: of them, there was one, I saw this tweet. There was one that was one that's a a called
0: strike. Yeah. Yeah. The rest he took for a
3: A a couple of others should have been called strikes as well, but you know, I think the Alps realize if it's, it's, if he doesn't swing, it's a ball.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. And by oh. the way, there were 33 walks in that that's a nine home runs, eight strikeouts, and thirty-three walks in the last thirty.
2: Oh, here another stat off and another, another stat off. Monty, do you have another another stat? To bring <laughs> <Ooh>. pick, <laughs> me, pick me, pick me.
1: Tyler, <laughs> you're picked. Give us another
2: right. one. And Juan Soto's run.
0: last uh this was yesterday, so not including today. In his last sixty-eight games played, he's slashing 374, 540, 680 with 79 walks and 38 strikeouts. Man, this is just a great episode. This might be the best
3: episode of all time. Oh, all I can these talk numbers, about fly to those numbers all day. Just one
2: um, solo ver-
1: stats only. That's
3: at, all. we're in.
2: <laughs> At the very least, top eight, right, Monty?
3: Yes. Uh, yeah. Sure. Absolutely, top eight. All the ones with me in it. In case anyone was wondering why we're saying eight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'll tell you, it's funny when I'm looking at these stats and I'm like, okay, here's the last thirty days. Here's the last fifteen days. Like the average, the the slash line just keeps getting more absurd. So thirty days. Last 30, it's 408-556-755. And then you drop it down to the last 15 and it's 532-646-915. And then you go to the last seven days and it's 545-697-1227.
2: It's still going to be absurd no matter how hard you click your uh, your mouse. You don't have to click your mouse to make it more yeah. absurd. That's not how it R- well, works. You're R- just
1: going to have to listen to the sound of the mouse clicking. I'm <laughs> Ryan's going
3: to be so sad that we just deep dive into stats without him
1: yeah that's that's a pretty rude thing for well, us to well, do. because i mean i
2: just like let him well i mean th- that came out wrong I'm like ryan's very good <laughs> at stats so like i'm not gonna try to like outstat him like i mean he he's the stat guy on here i don't know if you guys listened to the last episode but amanda tried to explain uh run value run value <laughs> that was so
1: funny. and i did all i said is <laughs> i don't know how they you, you didn't
2: because- do you didn't do a bad job but like
1: Ryan knew he taught you. (laughs) No, I understand what it is, but the way they calculate it truly doesn't make any sense because if you look right at like some of those pitches, some of the pitches look way better in every category, but somehow have a worse run value than other pitches. I don't really get exactly how they calculate it, but I understand what it is.
2: Which, by the way, since, since we talked about it or brought it up, I mean, I told you this poll would come correct and this poll came correct. So that, that, I'll just leave it at I that. I haven't
1: looked at the poll. So if you're going to brag, I'm assuming you won the poll. Speaking
2: of. Uh... No, you just came in way, way last. <laughs> Speaking and of
1: I it... won the poll before that. I would like.
2: Because to you out. had one Soto.
1: You always come up with some reason whenever I win a poll. It, it's almost like
2: we're a nationals podcast and this fan base tends to vote with the nationals players.
1: It's almost like he's the best contact hitter currently in baseball. So. But it's almost like
2: you have a history of picking Nats players to pander to the audience. Uh, okay. Guys pandered
1: many times to the audience. And in this case, Juan Soto was the best choice. Can you, you name the one draft? I can go back and look at our
2: polls Well, You can't name it. You can't name it. All right. Monty, break it up break it up, it, break it up. break it up.
3: Break it up. We need more Monty in here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I was saying, speaking of which, you know, if anyone's interested in uh, advanced statistics, we are running a series on the website um, on Saturdays. It's not going to be this Saturday, but will be next Saturday. We've um, It's called Sabermetric Saturday, where we're going to break down uh, different statistics and, you know, use case studies from previous years or current years involving Nationals players. Uh, the first one went up last Saturday. It was OPS. Uh, so if you guys are interested, go check it out. Just wanted to plug yeah, that, that in That, by well, the way
1: Monty kicks ass that is such a cool series that you're doing on the website it's pretty yeah, was shameless a lot of fun. plug there. Definitely go check it
3: out. <laughs> yeah I mean if I could get Ryan to do it I would because I feel like he's got a better <laughs> grasp. But he wants me to do uh, uh WRC plus next and that mm-hmm. that's why it's been delayed because yes. it's gonna take a little bit of time to come up with you know all the stuff I need for that but that'll be next Saturday. So it's it's some exciting stuff because I always you know there's so many numbers being thrown out and, you know we didn't go too too deep it, just now we kept it pretty simple with the numbers we gave out about Soto but there's a lot of numbers going out and it's like what do these mean so good plug I didn't yes. pat myself perfect, on the back
1: <laughs> perfect time for the plug oh I'll pat myself on the back for the series yeah. and for the perfect plug there you go
3: yeah and I'll settle and I settled down the little tiff you guys were having I defuse the situation.
1: The best episodes are when I fight with Nick. That's always the, the most
2: yeah. popular one. So like yeah. every episode. So yeah, like every start, episode. Awesome. That's why the this
0: where this <laughs> you podcast guys,
2: you
3: guys are fighting
2: and Ryan just like puts himself he up. Just he just mutes play, himself and plays Call has. of Duty.
3: <laughs> but the thing is,
2: he's gonna do that regardless of whether we fight or not. Yeah. <laughs> that's his that's his charm.
3: And then he's just he just waits on me like, Ryan, let Ryan let what him do him you think?
2: The, yeah. the best is when like something's happening and you can tell something's happening and it like diverts his attention, whether he's like, uh-huh. trying to, to, to clutch a three on one or whatever it may be, <laughs> but he multitask's
1: of, better than me for sure. Yeah. Cause I couldn't do both.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, you can barely do this podcast. Um, wow. <laughs> but I, I did want to talk about something that, you know, I mean, you can certainly bring up the stats in your argument but this has especially recently kind of extended uh, beyond play on the field. And it is, you know, everyone, it, it's, it's, controversial topic. It shouldn't be, but it is whatever. Um, but it's something we haven't really talked about on, on the show and the Nats organizational stance with the vaccine, the, the Nats have been firing, you know, long time employees that, just have refused to get the the vaccine. And, you know, they're saying like, this is effective regardless of every, all the outside noise, whatever it's shown to be effective. They want everyone to get it clearly. And they're letting people go that have been been in place for a long time. Some that played an important part in getting this team competitive in, in the world series and and whatnot. Um, And so one, we wanted to, to address that because that's a big deal. But two, I'm, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. There are certain players on the Nats that are just very anti-vaccine. It is what it is. One of those is Patrick Corbin.
3: Thank you
2: with a Q. Like, like that. That's <laughs> like we we all have our opinion on Patrick Corbin due to the on-field performance, but he is literally for those who didn't see a couple days ago in the midst of having the worst ERA in baseball is posting anti-vax news clips or fake stories at 3 a.m. on his Instagram.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If he's pitching like Max Scherzer, I'm only mildly annoyed at that. But because he's got the worst qualified starting pitcher in baseball by ERA, that's infuriating to me because I'm like, it's also yeah. 3 a.m. What, like,
2: what are you is, doing, oh, dude? Yeah, like, is there not is there not enough to pits? do <laughs> yeah.
3: is there not enough to do in Miami?
2: So I I mean th- this I don't want to go down that road. Like yeah, this is a huge, very long conversation that yeah, you know, we're not that that's not what yeah, this we podcast try to is keep about.
1: this a politics free podcast, but right. yeah, so it's
2: th- 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 um, th- th- that's not my point. My point is how can someone like Patrick Corbin? operate within this organization when the Nats I'm not saying they're the only team that has this strong of a stance well I mean they are but like has this uh, stance of pro vaccine and whatever but they are the only team to have a, a, an organizational mandate as far as staff with mm-hmm. the vaccine and you have to imagine that, See, that's that's an organizational mindset and concerted effort to be like hey get the vaccine or get out. And the fact that Patrick Corbin granted, I mean, players are different. They get exceptions for a lot of things. It's just the way sports work, like athletes, if you're good enough, you get a pass for a lot of things again, not what I'm trying to get into, but like, how can Patrick Corbin operate and how can, you know, the Nats really buy into Patrick Corbin and kind of support him when it's just like, there's very clearly a clash here. Cause this is like I said, a divisive topic.
1: Yeah. And he's obviously at odds with their organizational philosophy on this. Which is, you know, problematic. And just the just posting about controversial crap on social media in the middle of the night is a stupid thing for a professional athlete to do regardless of how they're performing on the field. Um, I, I suspect that the staffers who have been fired by the NAts and many other organizations around professional sports are in positions where they aren't unionized. I don't think they could, they could, even if they wanted to, Get rid of a player because of that. They could get rid of a player and say it's for some other reason. Yeah, I'm not going to say
2: they're they they have grounds for it. I'm just saying there's there's yeah. a clash there. For sure, it's it, mindset or you know whether it spills over into something in the clubhouse or between front office and player or like however maybe may be like I the, bet there's, there's more players clash.
1: than just Corbin who feel oh, no they probably sure. aren't, aren't for sure. comfortable saying so but yeah I think organizationally it's going to create friction in a situation where he already has is badly underperforming his massive contract you would think he would be going out of his way to not make waves and that's clearly not what he's doing so I don't know what the hell he's thinking why he would do something like that i to me it's just in general and this shouldn't even be a political topic but it is and any of any political topic or any controversial topic at all i just feel like if you're a professional athlete you'd be pretty smart to avoid it in most circumstances sometimes something might be important enough to you that you're willing to come out and take a stand about it but in general yeah you're best off not making waves and especially if you currently completely freaking suck
2: right like i mean I think everyone was aware of Corbin's like political stance, and that that's not that doesn't have anything to do with this. It's the the, the fact that you know the organization is taking such a strong stance one way, and he's literally actively
1: right standing Going against, against it. that stance. Yeah.
2: So you know that that's really what I'm talking about. Could that and coupled with the performance on the field, because like Monty said, if he's doing Max Scherzer things, well, it's like yeah, you're annoyed, but. Don't care as much because they yeah, on the field. It's kind of the way sports work. Like it sounds right. it, it sounds you know it sounds wrong bad, to but say keeping it real. That
1: is the fact that's like right?
2: that is what Trinan. it is. Yeah, like just it's like, like Blake Trinan's
0: to- actually performing on the field, but he's the same way in the head as Corbin.
2: Right. So yeah, to Amanda's point, I know Patrick Corbin's not the only one, but it's just like how can you you know go about this when he's up until tonight? Like I don't know how how it might have changed after tonight's performance because he pitched well tonight. Like I don't know how you can you know go about this when he's doing this, literally standing against the organization in a way, without really saying it. He is he is without saying it uh, officially, and he's the worst pitcher in baseball, and he's massively underperforming his contract. And like you're depending on this guy to rebound in order for you to have any sort of hope next year and beyond. Like It's it's a messy situation that I just felt like we needed to talk about because we didn't talk about the staffers being released um, because they wouldn't get the the, the vaccine. And, you know, we haven't talked about that aspect of Corbin because it's just a messy conversation. So, you know, we didn't need to do that. But when it comes to the performance on the field, like it all ties in, like this could turn into something because it is such a divisive divisive thing
3: the the other thing with Corbin that drives me nuts is he's he's, he's very stoic on the mound
2: mm-hmm. so it
3: doesn't look like he I mean he's he's been play he's been pitching awful and it looks like he doesn't really he doesn't even he doesn't even care like and that right. may not be the case because we know there, there are just some pitchers that are like that but at the same time that if, if Max was struggling like that you'd be very aware of how upset he'd be whereas with Corbin you could you know trick yourself into thinking he doesn't care and he's just laughing all the way to the bank um, and that doesn't help his cause either. And now, you know, that doesn't mean he doesn't care, like you know, but it just comes can come off that way when it,
2: it just rubs it rubs everyone wrong. As, yeah. He
1: comes off as apathetic a little bit, which I'm sure yeah. isn't true. Pro athletes are competitive, and I'm sure you right. don't get to his, yeah, position like, like, yeah, but he he never shows any emotion on the mound, good or bad. But it is annoying, you'd at least like him to look perturbed when he yeah. screws up another game,
2: yeah. yeah. And so. today's
1: maybe the wrong day to have this conversation because he was actually really good today. Well,
2: that's what I freaking said about the guy. <laughs> I like I, I have these running jokes and like the this storyline and like his performance today doesn't match right. my narrative. Like I'll I'll seven least runs. My, in my two innings narratives. next outing, don't facts, worry. My yeah, narratives going to drill facts. at this point. <laughs> but at least you didn't bet
3: on. I know some people bet on him tonight to give up over three and a half runs, and he didn't. So like it could be worse. I knew so somebody
1: he's, who bet that would win the division. Can you believe he, that?
2: He's literally <laughs> disappointing people <laughs> left and right. Like yeah. it's just get this guy off my team. Yeah, you,
1: this guy's not going anywhere. Nobody's not, that You can't contract. even
0: trade him. Like that's the <laughs> no. worst part about it. You're stuck with him. No, give, absolutely nobody's going to give take me that contract
2: uh, at this point. Just give me Hosmer for Corbin straight up. We'll make it work. Josh Bell's out here robbing home runs in left field. We'll make it work.
3: (laughs) That's a good point.
2: but Uh, let's move on. We don't have to to spend any more time on that. Uh, One thing I I did want to mention because this has inspired a little bit of debate. Although I I imagine we're all going to be on the same, uh, you know, page here. You know, on the same side. Did you guys see what happened between the uh, the Rays and the Blue Jays over the weekend? I did see that. uh, Yes. Yep. The uh, Kiermaier uh, picked up the... Yeah, it was Kiermaier. I was trying to think of the catcher's name. Oh, Kirk? Kirk? Kirk yep. Uh, Alejandro yep, Alejandro Kirk. Kirk. So for those who didn't see it or don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Kevin Kiermaier, center fielder for the Rays. And granted, Rays currently leading in the AL East. Blue Jays fighting for the lives for a playoff spot. So not only this division rivals, it has huge playoff implications as well. So it was a very heated series. It was in, in Toronto. So, uh, you know, you get the, the, the rowdy lively blue jays fans as well so everyone you know up there felt a certain way about this but kevin kiermeyer for the rays slid into home plate there was play at the plate kirk tags him out during the tag kirk's um play sheet or um I thought it was this scouting report on all yeah basically like scouting report yeah how to pitch like yeah, yeah. uh, i was trying to think of you know what the to the call term. that but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but anyways like hit the the sheet in his wristband to, you know, call pitches against raise hitters and whatnot. The scouting report, like you guys said, falls out of his wristband. Kiermaier's just kind of like laying there, sees that it fell, nonchalantly picks it up. But, of course, you know, everything's caught on camera nowadays, so everyone sees it. And it comes to light to at least the players and and teams the day after because, obviously, you know, they're in the middle of the game. They have other stuff going on. Jays respond – uh obviously not happy. Uh Ryan Baruki, who uh, reliever for the Jays drills Kiermaier in the middle of the back with 93 gets ejected. He he just got suspended. Um Charlie Montoyo and Kevin Cash kind of well seemingly sort of worked it out. Cash returned the play sheet, but I mean, you know he looked at that. Obviously, this playoff implications, like like Ryan likes to say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. All these teams are cheating. This situation, though, wasn't necessarily like Kiermaier stole it; sort of found it. But I just wanted to get your pitches, guys. Well, right? he said he didn't he even know to you... what it
0: was at first. He just, he just picked it up. He thought it was like a piece it, of paper. It, it like did look
2: tr- extremely nonchalant. Like, yeah, he didn't it know what just it was. looked like a little
0: piece of trash, like on the field.
2: Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your guys' takes on the whole situation, both the uh, you know the taking the the scouting report you know they absolutely read it because who wouldn't you have I mean, at the yeah. very at the very least you have to figure out what it is so you know they read it and then kevin cash giving it back as i guess a good faith gesture and then obviously the jays retaliation like i want to get your thoughts on all that did you have any strong feelings one way or another
0: um first of all i think the retaliation was stupid i mean i, I just think yeah enough needs to be said about that but I think it's more on, you know, Alejandro Kirk letting that happen, letting that card fall out. I mean, you know, cause like you said, you see something down there and then you find out what it is. Why wouldn't you read it? Why wouldn't you take advantage? I mean, you know, you're not going to be like running back and be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize what this was. Well, blah, blah, blah. I mean like, um, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, like you said, like I would, I would have done the same thing, honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it, it sounds, I understand. Like, you know, I, I to to go down uh you know to a backstory like nobody cares about. Like I, I coach baseball, so like I'm not gonna teach my players to cheat or anything, but also when you're playing a sport at that high of a level and with that much with livelihoods on the line, like players, managers, like all that stuff, like there's millions and billions of dollars on the line, like you're going to try to get Any sort of competitive advantage you can. That's just the nature of the beast. Like I coach high school baseball, like we don't have to live and die with every single game. So obviously, like when I say if you're not cheating, you're not trying, it just you know, like I said, the nature of the beast with with the major league. So it it doesn't always bother me. Like if you take it to you know a certain extreme that no one else is doing, then obviously that's a problem. But like with Pine Tart, that never bothered me, even though it was technically illegal because it was just a common understanding amongst players, this... It's not like they were stealing signs. Yeah. It's right. not like he went they into Alejandro's sign and actually like
0: just took it out of there. Right. right.
1: That's the difference to me is they didn't that steal it. That would be it. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be different if they had somehow like acquired it through nefarious means or something, but like mm-hmm. you dropped it on the ground and I, like I didn't look to me watching the video. Like he even knew what he was picking when he picked it up. But, you know, if you're tipping pitches and one of the players on the other team notices and they run and tell everybody else on their team, then that's, that's fair game. You know, to me, this is like, you pick something up, you realize what it is. You tell everybody else on your team, what it is, it's a competitive advantage, but you guys weren't careful with, if you're, you know, you got a runner on second who catches what your signs are and you haven't changed them up, then that's on you. It it just feels like that situation to me more than a a situation where they did anything wrong.
2: So same situation with the guy on second, looking at the catcher signs. Like if he picks them up, that's fair game. Like but, you need, you need to have complex enough signs so that way no and one you need can to de- protect decipher your them
1: proprietary information better.
2: Yeah. So that's where I stand. Monty, what you were going to say? Yeah. Yeah. To me, I, I don't like that we're using the
3: phrase if you're not cheating, it's, you're not trying because I don't think this is cheating at all. Uh, so, you know, like, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, so that's why I was like, I don't think it's at all, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they dropped it. You picked it up and, you know that's that's the same as t- tipping pitches, but it's funny because I was watching a segment on MLB Network and Carlos Peña got heated uh saying how dishonest it was and when harold reynolds and i can't remember the other guy's name they were going what are you ta- like this isn't like it's you know on our side and carlos Payne is like i don't know if i want to like leave anything lying around the office here like he got he got real mad that they were <laughs> it was ridiculous cause, and like they're guy, gonna steal
1: his wallet or
3: something right? yeah yeah <laughs> He's like yeah he's like so if you just found someone's wallet you just keep it and i'm like that's
2: well, this is so about yeah. is the same not great. thing John Heyman said. He's like, Oh, if someone drops their family portrait, are you just gonna take who the hell is dropping their family <laughs> portrait? Even, Who's like, got a family portrait comparison. in their pocket
1: while they're sliding in the home?
2: What <laughs> a family portrait's not gonna provide you this information. Is... Right, uh, I... like, and, and then he's a like, horrible he's comparison. He's like, Oh, if so, if someone <laughs> dropped a hundred dollar bill, would you take it? Uh yeah. Someone <laughs> if someone drops a hundred dollar bill and I don't know whose it is, like I'm hundred percent taking it. But if you do know, to who be it is. honest, even if I do know who it is,
1: <laughs> I still might take it. Like, All right, y'all leave your wallets, people. Yeah,
2: so I but guess it's not, it's I'll never not the be friends thing. with Carlos Payne. I'm not going into someone's <laughs> wallet and taking it. But if it falls out. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I mean, uh, a homie hungry.
3: I was sitting there because yeah, we. I was like, "What is why?" Because like I was just laughing too because it wasn't just that he was disagreeing, but he got like seemed legitimately upset at the people he was working with for thinking it was okay. And I was like, "What is what is what am I watching?" Because I was like listening to it as background noise, and I was just like, "My goodness!" Because Carlos Pena played in the majors. He for a
2: long time too. Yeah, good uh, player for a long
3: time. Yeah, 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 and. And he's sitting there talking about. I'm like, you've got to be. You're so full of it. There's no way that you would have given that back immediately. And that's Old why Daniels
2: I said
0: cloud moment. Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I said if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Because like, the people who are against it view it as cheating, even though I don't think any of us do. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's cheating. And you know how but I feel about the Astros and what that's they just... did and the cheating. I I feel like there's a bright line between cheating and not cheating, and. If you don't think this is cheating, and I don't, then it doesn't raise any red flags to me. I don't yeah, understand yeah. why people you, are. using technology.
3: That. Yeah, using technology to steal signs, cheating. Figuring out signs on your own and telling your teammates, not cheating. Yeah.
2: Like it's 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 like a proactive versus reactive thing. Like if you're proactively cheating, like the Astros said, setting up cameras, relaying yeah. uh you know messages through trash can bangs or whatever, that's cheating. But if you're reacting to something that happens throughout the game. Whether it be, you know, you catch t- someone tipping pitches, whether you, you know, decipher someone's signs while standing on second base, whether you find a scouting report on the ground, that's you reacting to a situation. I think that's the biggest difference for me.
3: That's a, yeah, that's a good that's point. Excellent point. It's fair
2: game. Well so, done. Thank you. Eloquent. Thank you. I, I do be eloquent from time to time. I do, I he do, do be, be eloquent dead. though. I do be, I do be hungry too. So don't drop hundred dollars. So don't around drop me. your
1: hundred bucks around. <laughs> yeah, me. yeah,
2: exactly. Last thing I want to talk about, and we kind of talked about it already. So uh I'm sure Ryan would have addressed this in his weekend review if he was with us, but sadly he's not not dead. Uh but uh, he, he, he would have I, I just like I had I, I had to say that like, uh, I you know I'm not dead. Amanda straight up laughed me and joining. Tyler both laughed on you. <laughs> he's not dead but not with us he definitely would have uh, addressed this but it is you know something we could see in the future depending on how this test goes but the MLB is uh, announced they're going to test pre-tacked baseballs in triple A Normally, if they want to test something, they go to the independent leagues or like the, you know, uh, the lower, lower down leagues, whatever, whether it's an independent league or just something sort of loosely affiliated, but to have it tested in AAA is kind of like a, you know, a, 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 an iPod. It, I yeah, exactly. Because they know, it, it just goes to show they knew for the longest time that people were using... Pine tar or some sort of sticky substance. Sticky substance frequently, like it wasn't just, uh, oh, all of a sudden there's just like this epidemic with sticky stuff. Like this has been prevalent throughout the game for a long time, and it wasn't Ever, until really. it was uh, a magically a point of emphasis that you know they decided to you know crack down on it. But they also know that you know taking away the grip the sticky substance has drastically changed the way pitchers pitch Tyler glass. Now he came out and said, he thinks he, you know, tore his UCL because he had to go from using sticky stuff as he was taught. It's not like he just discovered sticky stuff. He was taught to use sticky stuff and he feels like he had a major devastating injury because of the MLB's just rash decision to get rid of it, not phase it out, but to just get rid of it in the span of like a weekend during the season. That's how quickly this happened. And it does have impacts. Like, even if you didn't like it, it does have impacts. So, the fact that MLB is at least trying to reach some middle ground, we haven't heard about the, the sticky stuff or the non sticky stuff in quite a while. But the fact that the MLB is trying to find a middle or some common ground with this is. Good news to me that they're not completely dumb, just like mostly dumb when it comes to, uh, you know, these issues. But what are are your guys' initial thoughts to this news?
0: Uh, I think it's a great idea. I mean, you know, you're giving pitchers of substance to use, but it's consistent. Like, it's not someone's using more tack, someone's using less tack. You're giving them, you know, a consistent ball for everybody to use. And, you know, I think there is um, something to be said about what Glass now said. I do think they transitioned over a little too quickly. Um, But, you know, if you give them this pre-tacked ball that, you know, is consistent with every pitcher, you know, gives them more control, less hit batters, um, you know, I think that that could definitely work in the majors. Yeah, I don't
1: hate the idea of it, although I guess I a couple of things. I, I think the fact that they're doing it in AAA is notable and it makes me think they're wanting to rush it to the major league level as quickly as they can. And that's why they're they're testing it out where they are.
2: Well, keep um, in you know, mind, I mean, the CBA is up at the end of the year, so they need to have some good faith gestures and this might yeah, be one of them.
1: That's true. That's a very good point. And I do wonder if you've got pre-tacked balls, like how easy it's going to be for them to enforce the sticky stuff rules as they have been, because it's very easy now. There's nothing good on the point. ball. If there's nothing on the pitchers, like if you've got a pre-tacked ball, how do you know if they added a little something to it? Like I don't know. It's an interesting good point. I, I hadn't really thought about it before, but it just occurs to me it would be, harder to enforce as they have been with the checking everybody a couple times, each, each time they're on the mound. So it's interesting. Um, I think it's likely that we will see that. I think the pitchers have made very clear to the leagues that to the league that they've got to have something and, and the, you know, they want to see these nasty, crazy pitches. It's very popular. You know, the league, I don't think wants to get rid of it entirely, but as we talked about extensively early in the season, it had really gone too far in the direction of the pitchers, it was getting to the point where offense was offense was so stagnant because the pitchers, the pitchers were so absurdly good. So I think they accomplished what they meant to by, you know, cracking down on the sticky stuff. And you certainly saw a huge increase in offense as a result. But um, I, I think some amount of allowing pitchers what they need to both, you know, provide exciting performances and to, not let it, the pendulum swing too far in the opposite direction. I think the, the pre tacked balls is a, a pretty interesting and uh, maybe, maybe the best option they're going to have to find that middle ground. they seem to be looking for.
2: It's just a matter of what are they using to quote unquote tack the balls because you're going to run into a problem if the ball is sticky, but not, in the right way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because obviously every pitcher has their own concoction like you got some of the pitchers that uh quote-unquote got outed by adam wainwright's guy because they were it was like literally a concoction of like spider tech and like it was a mixture of stuff uh where some people were just using spider tech some people were just using pine tar. some people throw it back and use sunscreen and rosin um like there there was all different variations so you know, a standardized sticky substance is probably the right thing to do. I wouldn't pre-tack the ball. I would treat it like a rosin bag on the mound where it's like, you can literally monitor how much the pitcher is using granted rosin. There's not like a limit, but I wouldn't pre-tack the balls at all. Cause then because you're, you're going to run, it, it exactly. gonna run into that problem. Yeah. So I would, you know, have it accessible, but you know, maybe limit, maybe they can only go to it like one time an inning or something. I, I don't know, like how you monitor it, but just make it acceptable. Like you have the power to make this acceptable. Right. Ban Come sti- up with a, a that's
1: allowed and yeah. accessible. Yeah, like you
2: country. can make, you can control the, how sticky the substance is. Just say you can use this, but not this. And then we're good. Just a weird way, but I'm glad they're doing something. Something's better than nothing. Like it, it's amazing how, um, you know, how, how far we'll, we'll fall to, you know, give the MLB credit when normally yeah. they just do everything poorly. Even
1: if the thing you're doing is stupid, at least you're doing something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> basically, basically. But one thing you can do that definitely wouldn't be stupid is Manscaped. Heaters, this episode and all of our episodes are presented by Manscaped. Uh, as I'm watching the the Panthers-Texans game, finish up i uh sorely missing christian mccaffrey i'm probably gonna lose my fantasy matchup this week but mm-hmm, to me well no I, i'm not even talking about that one i don't even have mccaffrey in that league like do your research you know, Amanda. i
1: haven't looked at your team i don't know who you have
2: but just I like would. me you guys listening need to put the pp back in ppr league with the sponsors of today's show and all of our shows, like I said, manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming just launched the new performance package 4.0. You cannot neglect your balls. Like the Packers neglected Aaron Rodgers. join the 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped and get ready for um, I was going to say kickoff, but get ready for your matchup by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code H S H H 20. Like I said, it will get you 20% off and free shipping off everything. No exclusions. You don't have to worry about you know a limited time only, although I do recommend doing it as quickly as possible because why wait when you get such a great deal? Maybe payday, that I understand, but maybe tomorrow's payday because it's Friday. Uh, no reason to wait. There, there's no exclusions. You get it off your whole whole order. And the performance package, you get Glomover 4.0, best tool in grooming, lawn or the, uh, weed whacker, which is the ear and nose hair trimmer. You get, uh, the crop toner, the crop reviver, you get the shed travel bag and a pair of boxers thrown in. It's like a $150 value and you can get it for about 70. It's awesome. It's a no brainer. Absolutely need to do it. And we're helping you out. We're giving you 20% off. So, uh, say, thank you, please. Um, go to manscape.com use our promo code HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping. Do it now. No reason to wait. All right, guys. As we wrap up this episode, this lovely, lovely episode, enjoyed having you guys on. We're going to wrap with our one big thing. Do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here?
0: Uh, I need Juan Soto to keep being God, and I need Nats to keep losing ball games. You know, they won tonight. They need to drop the next three. That's just how it is. Generational take and let's move forward.
2: <laughs> the show goes on. Exactly, Monty, you got anything?
0: I
3: wasn't asked about the the tack question, so I'm a, I'm not offended. But you know,
2: <laughs> well, that's give you your take on the tack question. Well, Monty. I was going to say, I was just you're tacky enough. So ah, <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> that's a pun. <laughs> Write it down, folks.
3: Nick's doing a pun. I, I, a I'm pun. the pun
2: master. When we went back and forth on Twitter, I frequently won the puns.
3: Yeah, sure. Sure.
2: I <laughs> did. So much so I, that a, you, you I'm went on a agreeing. Twitter hiatus for months I, I'm you I was a, you, a pun master.
3: You are the all-time greatest pun master. You're a great pitcher, uh, great podcaster. We're lucky to have you.
2: This is nice. It
1: all sounds very nice, but I'm sensing sarcasm. But somehow.
2: I mean, I'm gonna take it for for you know yeah, just face, take value. It at face value. Exactly. I would never be sarcastic. I'm I'm Nick's biggest fan. <laughs> all right, now it's a bit much. starting <laughs> to get <laughs> creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> uh No, I,
3: that i don't have anything as my biggest thing uh check out the website uh we're producing a lot of great articles tyler just posted something about uh what will happen if if the cardinals beat the dodgers in a one game uh in the one game wild card sir uh, go read that yep go check that out it's currently our most popular article this week uh so Ooh. hopefully uh hopefully it's we got the most
2: to- popular article we just recently posted Yes, of the of the last article we recently posted, it's the most popular. It's the top yep. one of one. Yeah, uh, we've got the player <laughs> ratings for the Marlins
3: series. We'll be I'll be doing a, 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 those again at the end of the Red series, which will be a four game uh, series. So we'll have more ratings for that, and then of course uh, CK has something. I uh, can't remember what he has to be honest. Matt <laughs> Matt's got a free agent preview coming out on Sunday. And we're just trying to produce a lot of good content. And uh, I'm sure uh, Ryan, I think, is working on something. I know it's some, you know, so just keep an eye out. We got a lot of good stuff coming out on the website. We're, We're producing content. We produce content every day for the last 25. So we don't take weekends off.
1: Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Well, actually you stole my thunder a little bit, Monty, because that was going to be my one big thing is that the website is on fire right now. If you guys haven't already made it a part of your daily routine, you really need to start checking in because there's a lot of great stuff about the Nats. And I know, you know, everybody who's listening to this podcast is obviously a Nats fan or you wouldn't have gotten this far, but uh, there's a lot of really great stuff around baseball right now, since, you know, obviously the Nats don't have a lot going on here in about 10 more days. Um, but yeah, tons of great stuff out there and, uh, the tie-breaking scenarios, what one, I don't know who wrote that. That one, was CK. Monty.
3: Thank you. Thank yeah, you. That, was, that one was
1: really good. That was a fun one. There's a mailbag from the last few days. I, I hear we might even start posting our podcast episodes out there sometimes. Um, yeah, you can find lots and lots of good stuff out there. So visit the website.
3: The, the, the podcast episodes should be up there. Nick's been doing that for all season,
2: I believe so. What on the oh, website? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't done it a little bit. Yeah,
1: I know that's why. I oh, there, that. That there was it was is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I was trying. I jumped to his
1: defense. I'm his number one fan. You did say that. You did say that. I'm getting kind of a Kathy Bates vibe, but
3: yeah. That's a Stephen King reference. I'll. Prove it, it is a
1: Stephen King reference. Yeah. That's- I don't think anybody got it. Nobody laughed. Maybe it just wasn't funny.
3: I was on Sorry. mute. I laughed, but I was excited about the the book reference, even ah, though that was okay. even though that was a movie reference. I, I took it and made it into a book reference in my head.
1: Excellent. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we're done here.
2: Oh, well, I mean, I was going to give my one big thing, but if we're done, I guess we're just done, Amanda.
1: <laughs> I meant the rest of us are done. You're, the, you're, you're oh, well, th- the theater, Thank you for so...
2: giving me permission to speak. Hey, hey, Nick, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> Thanks, man. Enlighten us, Nick. <laughs> uh, I was just going to reiterate the one big thing I gave uh, earlier in the week. We will be doing a seven-day giveaway to end the season. That's going to start on Sunday. So if you're listening to this, should be on Friday because you should listen to the episode the day it releases as soon as it releases. But if you're listening to this on Friday, Sunday, the 26th, or we will start our seven-day giveaway. We're going to line it up with the games. So we'll take Thursday off because the Nats have Thursday, and then they wrap up the season with the three-game set against the Red Sox. We'll do our biggest giveaway the last day of the season, which is October 3rd. But be sure to be plugged into the website, to Twitter, to everything, to make sure you know you have a shot of winning some free stuff because everyone loves free stuff. I mean, the best stuff. Yeah, it's the best stuff. Like Monty's a freeloader. He he freeloads on this podcast all the time. So I mean, everyone loves free stuff. As, Everybody does. as, as Monty's just like buried into his phone.
3: <laughs> I, uh, the funny tweet.
2: That's all. Was it that funny though? And was it worth missing this podcast?
3: It was the tweet where team. where the uh, the the Meyer League team sent a, a told this guy he said pipe down. See,
2: see I'm already not interested. I <laughs> actually I, I knew I do know the tweet you're you're talking about, and that. it I was funny, tweet. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I seen it like three days ago. I mean, get with the times.
3: I'm sorry. I'm normally just looking at your page, and you didn't retweet it.
2: Well, that's because um, I'm busy running the show, <laughs> Montgomery. What you've been doing? Writing articles.
1: <laughs> so many the,
3: articles.
2: Carrying, the,
3: carrying the website on my back.
2: <laughs> All right, that does it for this show. What a lovely show! Solid Thanks for ending. coming on, guys. It, it, it was great it was, to have you. Best ending show we've ever had.
3: Missy Ryan, if you're listening,
2: nah, he's not listening. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Follow the show at Half Street High Heat. Check out HalfStreetHighHeat.com. Tyler at non roster invite. Monty at on the pod forever, which is just a complete lie. So if you want to follow a liar, you can go follow Monty. Amanda at a white seven eight seven seven and myself at Nationals Ace. Thank you for listening. We will catch you guys uh, next week. Like I said, giveaways will start Sunday, so be plugged in on that. If you're you know just listening to our next episode before you get started, you already missed some giveaways, so don't miss out. Stay plugged in. We'll catch you next time, and in the meantime, let's go nats. There's
0: a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls So
2: that the commentator who has the causes pass the wall to we'll see you later.